welcome to Reality COVID-19 Special Edition, where we talk about the United Nations 8 Millennium Development Goals. Joining your host today, I'm Arif. I'm Camilia. And hello, I'm Akhtar. Today, we're going to talk about the United Nations 8 Millennium Development Goals. It represents the target that all 191 member states of the United Nations that have committed to seek and accomplish by the year 2015. Hmm. The United Nations Millennium Declaration, which had signed in September 2000, they commits world leaders to fight poverty, hunger, sickness, anaphabetism, destruction of the environment, and also violence against women. Wow, such an amazing introduction, Arif. Mm, but guys, I am a little bit confused. What is the real difference between this 8 MDG and the previous 17 SDG? This 8 MDG is a predecessor of the 17 SDG, whereby it emphasizes on future challenges. The 17 SDG, on the other hand, tries to tackle the current threats and issues in every country. In this podcast, we will dive into goal number two, which is to achieve universal primary education. Guys, we are currently in a pandemic. COVID-19 is an infectious disease due to the newly discovered coronavirus strain. So dear listeners, at this dire time, please ensure to always wash your hands with soap and water. Remember to keep your distance between yourself and others for at least 1 meter. Movement Control Order or MCO has been set by the government starting from 18 March in order to stop the spread of COVID-19 chain. So guys, Always keep yourself updated with the current orders and avoid crowded places without any special purposes. Together, we can survive this. During this pandemic, we are being introduced to the online distance learning method where all of these futuristic learning elements comes in action. We are to discuss the implication and also the best practice of futuristic learning implementation where we focus more towards the classroom digitalization. Yeah, schools in Malaysia have acted proactively in adapting to this current pandemic situation. Schools have already started to give their students homework online and also the teachers are starting to use online classes to teach their students. Either using WhatsApp as their channel to contact their students or just have an online video call to teach them. Yeah, I guess that that is one of the way on how they could reach out to their students. Yeah, and we can say that family from B40 group were the one that affected the most during this online distance learning. And there was one case of a student from a family living in Project Perumahan Rakyat in Lima Pantai that was unable to join any online learning program due to the lack of facility. And government also have found out that 36.9% people do not have electronic devices at home. This will be a big problem in implementation of online learning processes. For those who are listening to this podcast, we hope you could reach out to your friends and families. Always make sure you can stay sane and safe indoors while continuing your online education. Mental health plays an important role in battling the beast within ourselves. To ensure we can survive in this deadly disease, we must cooperate with one another. A strong emotional support can help to save a life and change the future. Take care of your surrounding, families and friends and also always check up to them frequently. 
try to do at least the minimal things that could help to reduce your inner stress. Simple workout, tidying up your room, practice correct breathing technique, or maybe you could just listen to your favorite song. The government announced all education institution closures on March 18 until further notice during this outbreak. And online distance learning has been introduced. Classrooms are now being conducted beyond the four walls. So we only have to rely on the internet bandwidth. Yeah, I think the implementation of online distance learning was a good move by the government, considering Malaysia as one of the three Southeast Asia countries that have over 80% of internet penetration. But what if everybody is staying at home and glued to the internet? How are the speeds going to be stable? Well, unfortunately, guys, we are hearing many heartthropping stories from the affected groups which are the teachers and the students. With this outbreak, it opened our eyes to see what is happening in other parts of our nation that we could not see before. And talking about this group of people, I really cannot imagine that some of them do not have enough access to technology at home. This will be extremely stressful for a student who had to continue this online learning process. I believe our teachers are also having a hard time right now. I'm sure they are trying their very best to provide the most convenient method, right? To think of it, how about the primary school students? Hmm, so we had a talk with an educator who is also a mother of two primary school children. Alhamdulillah, so far my children both are coping well with their online learning program. Okay, for example, my second child, uh, standard one, uh, every Monday and Friday, he has online reading session and his teacher conducted uh, the session through WhatsApp video call and usually the session will not take so long, so it's just around 20 minutes per session and what can I say, he's always looking forward to his teacher and he's also learning fast. Okay, even though uh, even though it's not a face-to-face session. Lah. And for my first child, currently in standard 4, okay, um, what her teacher's doing uh, during uh, this PKP, they always give tasks or assignments in WhatsApp text and usually all tasks are in related with school textbook. Lah. So, um, they don't have any major difficulties in coping with our online learning program. I think this is where the part of parental role comes in. They should spare some time to educate their children and make sure the children are on par with the new norm practices. She also shared her thoughts about the transitioning period towards online learning. To be honest, during first to second weeks of online learning, I admit that sometimes it's quite challenging for me to adapt or to cope. Because I, at the same time, also an educator. Okay, so I, I have another responsibility to conduct online learning to my students. So I need to divide or manage time properly in between of guiding my students and guiding my own children. But after a few weeks adapting to it, I managed to ensure my kids are not left out by any of online learning program provided or shared by their school teachers. We can see that it somehow depends on the matter of time. That's why, in this episode, we will bring you together in this journey to challenge our mind, 
to see and to view from the bigger picture in this pandemic. Have you ever wondered what happened in Bintulu, Sarawak? Mm, no. What about it? There's this one primary school teacher in Bintulu. He actually stayed at school because that's the only place he can get internet access. That way, he can give them lesson materials to his students. And for the students who live in Rumah Panjang, he would voluntarily hand out the materials to the houses. Oh yeah, yeah. I have heard about it as well. I think this situation perfectly reflects the nation's current education landscape. But um, I somehow think that the Ministry of Education has done quite a lot in a short period of time. We never faced issue like this before. We never imagined that uh, this issue, uh, this uh, the issue like COVID nineteen is going to happen. Okay, and everyone seems not yet ready to move into online learning, hundred percent now. Okay, but yes, I can say our ministry are working hard and trying their best to provide everything that they can do. Eh, and learning process do occur. It's just a matter of whether sufficient enough or not, or whether learning objective achieved or not. Talking about the objective, I think it is going to be a little bit hard to achieve in this dire time, due to the technological constraints. That's the thing about lacking in technological aspects. Underprivileged students are the victims of this digital divide. Even for those who already had the technologies, do you think they can study at home? Well, we have been studying in physical classrooms for more than half of our lives, with our teachers yanking on the whiteboard, having to study at home with external noise coming our way. I don't think it's going to work. It will only distract the digestion process towards the lesson. I strongly agree with Arif, and I also have several friends who are mentally unavailable for this new learning method, and some of them do not have laptops and internet. Some of them also had to work during this crucial time because of their parents lost their jobs. Hi, I'm D. This pandemic had a great impact on me and my family. My family had lost our source of income, so because of this issue. I had to sacrifice my time to help my family with small local businesses. At the same time, I'm juggling loads of assignments that requires me to have a laptop and a high-speed internet. And I have none of those. I also only rely on my mobile data because we don't have good internet coverage in my place to own a Wi-Fi. Oh my, that is so unfortunate. I guess people need to be aware of this situation because some people are having more trouble than just getting the internet access. I believe that the authorities and the netizens should explore this kind of problem and find the solution. Indeed, I agree with you. So I think here's where the public relations practitioners need to play their role in promoting awareness regarding all of these issues. Public relations have the power and the ability to influence the society to move together. Here's the tea, the reality. Arif, I have a problem. I don't know what to pursue for my degree. Okay, what is your passion, Camilia? I really love writing, managing events, and explore the media. If so, I have a suggestion for you. 
How about you try public relations? Yeah, that's right. UITM offers a degree program, Bachelor of Communication and Media Studies in Public Relations, where it provides an interesting syllabus ranging from the basis PR to the detailed understanding of politics and propaganda. There are many exciting things throughout these subjects, as it would enhance the vision on how media works around us. Visit IPMS UITM chapter on Instagram for more info. Guys, did you know that Japan is in the lead of online education nowadays? Really? Japan had already started to apply digital textbooks since 2010 until now for their students to utilize it to their studies. That is way better for the students. I still remember when I was in primary school, I had to carry a huge backpack full of five subjects textbook up to the third floor of the building. I feel that pain. Right. These children have digitalized textbooks now. Well, I can say that it is a very smart initiative by the government to boost up the quality of the education system in Japan. Did you guys know in 2018, Japan had reached number 6 in PISA's ranking. PISA is program for international students assessment. PISA tests the willingness of 15 years old to use their knowledge and expertise in reading, mathematics, and science to address real-life challenges. Uh, okay. How about Malaysia? Um, why Malaysia is at 46 on the PISA's ranking. And I really think that we need to build a better strategy to improve our education status. We need to be on the same level with Japan in the future. Well, I can say that is one impressive achievement from a well-known great country. Who do you think is responsible to ensure our education system is always up on par like other countries? Hmm, I guess everybody has to play their part in making sure each student um, gets their education, right? If we think logically, we want to really sustain and get back on track in terms of our education system and all. Yeah, that's true. We also must think about others who are less fortunate as well. They do not have the privilege to have all the technology and enough facilities to really implement a good online learning process for the children nor the teachers. Here, we can relate this issue to our friend just now, which he said that the B40 group are constantly facing problems and it become worse during this pandemic. Um, this can be seen with all the internet connection problems on conducting a smooth and effective online learning. You guys got a point. Well, in my opinion, I think it all starts with family institutions first. Having good family support system is essential in staying sane throughout this tough time, you know? Sometimes, even when the technologies and the internet comes in, our minds are still unprepared to face these challenges because we lack family support. We need the love. And if we are underprivileged to have the technologies, at least we have great families that can help us in our studies. Yes, I get where you are coming from, Kemi. I bet our teachers are also working so hard to provide the best way to reach us. They also have their own families to take care of too. 
if both sides can work together and give 100% of commitment, I'm sure that we all can go through this together. <sighs> Our teachers deserve endless rewards. At time of crisis, they are sacrificing their time and energy to serve their students. Hey, they are considered as frontliners too, you know. You guys have a good opinion, and for me, I hope that the government can establish a progressive collaboration with all the network providers. This effort can really help to ensure the existence of sufficient facilities to strengthen and also to widen the internet connection to every area, up to until small and isolated areas. Um, and maybe the government can take the One Malaysia Network program back into consideration. Yes, I think the program Network Satu Malaysia still relevant to be reinforced. It's appropriate with our current situation. Surely, that program helps the many. If only one party is trying to make a move, it will lead to many complications. Like how Arif said, if everybody works together giving their best commitment, I bet we can climb up the PISA ranking. <laughs> well, following up in this case, we all can see that education comes only for the privileged and it becomes a luxury for the unfortunate. We must change towards the betterment of the future of our education system. Also, we must prepare for what is coming next on the scene. In UITM, we can see all staff are working hard. Okay? Um, academicians, HEA, uh, administrations, all working hard. Okay? So, are willing to do the best in providing whatever we can to our students. In fact, to those students who have a problem in accessing online contents, we are asked, we academicians are asked to contact them personally and find the best way to reach them. Okay, for example, like uh, students having internet connection problem. So we are asked to use courier to send all documents needed so that they won't left out. The thing that we are facing right now shows that that's a lot we could really improve our education system way before the pandemic started. But how could we really predict the pandemic, right? So, like, we need a contingency plan. That's why early preparation is a must. Yeah, that's true, Kemi. Education can no longer be seen through a traditional perspective. We need to double our effort in moving and switching our mindset into the new education landscape with a new norm such as no wall classroom. And this change needs to be started now. As what we can picture in this episode, the internet is more of a utility than a luxury. The necessity is definitely there. Thank you for joining us in the Reality Podcast where we discover the United Nations 8 Millennium Development Goals during this COVID-19 pandemic. Guys, remember, we have to stay strong together and be thoughtful of others, okay? And always remember that we need to unite for a better future. Thank you guys for listening to our podcast session. See you in the next episode.